There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Welcome back to Fuck You, We Like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Lloyd Johnson is still on the IR with a little bit of a hip injury. So sitting in this place, we have kind of a special guest. Introduce yourself to the general populace of the, uh, of the Podverse. There it is. <laughs> What's up, man? I'm Jeff Trenopal from Sports with Strawberry Ice. How you doing today, brother? Doing good. How are you? So um, I said, how are you? Anyway, um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. You said you got like a lot of like yard work done and shit like that. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got caught up on a lot of the stuff that uh, I haven't been able to do because it, it finally stopped raining here in Cincinnati. So I can uh, got my yard mulch, got some plants planted, and I got my Bengal flag posted right in the middle of the front yard. So it's Oh, yeah. Good. Perfect time to do it because, I mean, it's, like Jamar, it's Jamar Chase time now. Exactly. And we'll get to that a little bit. Exactly. It's Chase time. I'm here for it. So you started Sports and Strawberry Ice. How long ago did you start that? Uh, about two years ago. I just started doing just silly – well, not silly videos, just videos of, like, just uh, Bengals and Bearcats and Red stuff, you know, what they were doing, my thoughts on it, uh, stuff like that, and people started liking it. And I kept getting doing more and more and more, kept doing it every day, and I finally figured out how I could do it on a podcast. So I broke it off and did it on the podcast. So one for a YouTube channel, do a YouTube channel on a podcast, and now – I do it live every day, Monday through Friday at 5.30 on yeah. the YouTube channel Sports with Strawberry Ice. And then I upload it later on uh, on the podcast later on that night. So you have like – it's on like all streaming platforms like Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, yeah. yeah, Podbeam, uh, uh, Apple iTunes, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, it's same, yeah same with Fuck You. Yep. Um, so um, my, my co-host – abhors baseball and i don't get much of a chance to talk about it dude i love baseball with the sick game (laughs) i love baseball oh it's so much fun and the reds have been like kind of like we'll talk about the reds a little bit because i'm assuming a lot of Bengals fans are reds fans right 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 kind of like a five it's been the 500 team this year dude they're they're frustrating as hell because they got off to such a good start i know they teased us so bad oh i was so excited i kept telling everybody i'm like we're gonna go to the playoffs i still believe we're gonna go to the playoffs but i'm like you know, everybody's like, well, this ain't going to last forever. I'm like, I know. I said, but just enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it for what it is. And then, I mean, I'm not kidding. From what in a week, we went from first place to last place. We went out to, to L.A., California, and lost seven in a row. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And now it's just like we keep playing peek- peekaboo with the 500. We, we get right there to 500, and then we lose two games. against. Like, we just lost two games to Colorado. 
Yeah. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. How are we losing to them? You're a <laughs> Nolan Arenado-less Colorado Rockies. Yes, I know. I'm like, oh, it's so, uh, it's so frustrating. I mean, you had uh, Wade Miley who pitched no hitter. We saw, goes, I saw that. Yeah, and it comes back last night in the first batter he or first or second batter he faced, he gives up a triple. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like well, the teams are like, all right, we got to get to this guy because he's doing no hitter. He's like a what a third or fourth starter on the team, and he's just yeah, coming but, up a no hitter. It's like teams are gonna get to him. Yeah, but honestly, he's been the most consistent uh, pitcher we've had on the team, to be honest. I mean, Sonny Gray has been injured. Luis Castillo is not even remotely close to what he's going to be. Oh, he no, he's been, be. he's been kind of dog shit this year. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, he's frustrated. The thing is with him, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with his arm because he's throwing at 96, 97 miles an hour. It's just nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His change, I, he can't get his change up to break or to bite like it used to. That's, that's his money pitch. And if that thing's not fooling the hitters, then they're just sitting on that 90-mile-an-hour fastball and they're drilling it. No, it's been, it's been rough this year with Luis. It's like I remember the first inning of opening day was just like, what was it, six runs? Yeah. Yeah, you're sitting there going, what the hell's going on here? Like, come on, dude, you're Luis Castillo. Uh, hello? Come on, pitch like him, please. It's and like this yet, but because that was such a good trade the Reds got for him because they oh. got him in, I believe, the Dan Straley deal. Yes, yes, we stole him. Dan, who the hell's Dan, Dan Straley? Dan Straley, who he's, he's fine. He's not anything to write home about. We traded him for Luis Castillo and two other players who I completely forget who they are. Uh, yeah, me too. I just know we got Luis. <laughs> that, was, that was a great trade. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like I said, I don't even know if Dan Straley is even pitching or playing in baseball anymore, to be honest. But, yeah, you, you got him, and that, that's the thing – that there's three key players that have been hurting the Reds this year. One, Luis, Luis Castillo. Eugenio. Eugenio Suarez. And three, Armin Garrett. Armin Garrett, Garrett, sorry. Amir Garrett. I, I would say Armin. Amir Garrett, sorry. Those three. Now, it looks like Gino might be getting back. Armin is getting close. But Luis is still not pitching like him. And for the Reds to have a shot at going to the playoffs or – Having a winning season, those three have got to contribute. And David Bell wants Gino to be old Gino so badly because he keeps putting him in the four hole in the batting yeah. order. It's like every time Gino has an even decent game, he's like, "All right, you're the cleanup hitter again. You are <laughs> our guy." Right. Well, one thing I think Gino kind of he like in training camp or spring training, he said that he wants to hit. He's going to hit 50 homers this year. At this point, I'm like, dude, just hit the ball, you know. And that, that's one thing I like about the Reds' offense this year. Compared to last year, last year seemed like everybody was trying to hit a home run. Yep, it's either you know? it's all or nothing, right? And this year, they're all of them are just hitting the ball. I mean, how many times have we seen the ball hit, hit to the opposite field just to move a guy over? Oh yeah, Castellanos has been great at that this year. Cablastos, that's what I call him. He is phenomenal. But Gino, I call him uh, a man of faith. That's what I call him. A man of faith. There you go. Well, Gino to me is still trying to do what he did last year. I think he's trying to. Just kill every single ball he hit. No, he has like that arc on his swing. It's like I'm trying yeah. to drive the ball over the fence. Right, right. And that's one thing I know. I had uh, Chris Welch on my on my show a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. And, and he was saying that he thinks Gino, like he the high, he, he he loads up too much. He's thinking he's loading up too much and and pulling his arms back and it's making his swing longer. And I, I, that's a good point. That's something I, I, that Chris said he's that Gino is working on trying to shorten his swing up. So if he can get that to come around, because there's been games where he's had three, three, four hits, and then the next day he does nothing. <laughs> yeah. He just strikes out three times and then just – Right. And that's what I saw with uh, Jay Bruce a lot. 
Yes. Was Jay Bruce is I always said Jay Bruce is the streakiest player I've ever seen. Yes. Because there yes. were moments like there were months he was an MVP. And then mm-hmm. like the next month, he could fall off the face of the earth. And it's as if he didn't even exist. And he, he got worse. That got worse the older he got. When well, he was younger, teams were, like teams were playing him into the shift more. Yes. That, that, that's true. Yeah, the shift became more, more prevalent. Killed uh, his career. Father in, in his career, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, when he was hot, he could hit anything. Yeah. But when he was not, you could, you could have rolled the ball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. He wouldn't have been able to hit it. But I mean, Jay Bruce is here in the bigs. Yeah, remember his first first week. week. That's what I was going to say. His first week in the bigs. Yeah. His first game was against the Pirates. He was like three for three. He doubled. And then that week, whole week, he had like 500. And then that Saturday was like a, a Fox game against the Braves. His first career home run was a walk-off homer. Yes. yes. I well, vividly remember that. Do you, I was at this game, but do you remember the uh, 2010 Clinchmas game? I think it was against – I was on TV that night. Oh, were you? I literally – I will send you the clip. Uh, my mop head was on TV that night. <laughs> it's, it's the big clip with like, like a few hundred thousand views. Like my mop head shows up with a fucking poster and shit. That's I awesome. I swear to God, it was insane. Yeah, we, me and my son were at that game, and he was uh, 10 years old at the time, and me and him were going freaking nuts. Oh, yeah. I was like, that, that is all, because he's like, he's like, did they, did this mean that they go to the playoffs? I'm like, yes. I'm like, this is all. That's the first time they've been to the playoffs since like 90, 95. Five, yeah. So it was a long so time. Then, the, well, okay, technically 99, because they had that one game playoff. Yeah, yeah, the, 90, yeah, the 99, which was another one with Outlider shut us down. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I was I mean, younger, remember that game. Oh, I was I was at that game too. <laughs> I mean, my dad went to that game, but that that 2010 run that started a great run for Cincinnati sports as far as going to the playoffs between the Reds and the Bengals. Yep. Either one of them could win a damn playoff game or a, a series, but we at least get to it. <laughs> yep, it was fun. Like I remember, like when the, when Bruce hit that home run to win the division, the first thing I did, I was sitting in the lower deck. The first thing I did was I sprinted to the dugout. <laughs> I was 18, and um, I almost said Yanni Molina. <laughs> but Yonder Alonso, when he played for the Reds, he sprayed yes. me with champagne. And, oh, that's awesome. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> One of the best nights of my life. And when I uh, uh, I wasn't driving at the time, so my mom drove me home. And when I got um, to the car, people were just like hogging and shouting and celebrating. Right. right. One of the be- it was one of the best nights of yep. my life. Everybody's yelling, Cl- Clinchmas. Merry Clinchmas. Merry yeah. Clinchmas. That was insane. <laughs> that was awesome. It was fun. That's the only thing people remember Jason Bourgeois for. 
was being at the wall. Jason Bourgeois, I like that. What a name. Back to the wall, Bourgeois. And then Tom Brenneman made that remark 10 years later, and now here we are. Yep, exactly. I don't get to talk about this much, because like I said, my co-host hates baseball. That was my favorite meme from this summer, the Tom Brenneman thing. Yeah. I mean, did you see much about that, the drive into deep left field? Oh, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, yeah, where he was, he was calling the game and he was apologizing, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. And the memes about that, there were so many tweets about that. Yeah, yeah. Someone put that, uh, home, run, that home run call over a, a clip of, like, MLB The Show. Oh, really? I didn't Someone see that. Someone was playing MLB The Show, and uh, so he played things like, MLB The Show has gotten so realistic now. And then he had Castellanos hitting a home run in that game. <laughs> and That's and, awesome. It was so great. Well, how, how do you how do you feel about uh, John Sadak? You like you like him as the new broadcaster? Him and Barry Larkin? Oh, uh, Larkin's okay. I think Larkin's a little robotic. Really, I like Larkin a lot. I don't. I, you're you're like second person to tell me that. I'm like, I really, I, I, I really like him. I, I don't know. Some some things he said, I'm like, I mean, I'm not a baseball nerd. Like, I'm not a baseball lifer like Larkin is. Right. But like, I could have thought of that. <laughs> I like right. Sadak though. I do like Sadak. Sadak's a nut. I, I I think I think he's a nut, but I, I I do like I enjoy enjoy him. I think he brings a lot of fun to the to the broadcast. I, I it sucks is like I'm not able to watch Valley Sports because I have YouTube TV, so I'm not able ah. to watch Valley Sports like I am. Uh, like I could like I well, you know that they they got their own uh, uh, uh app now. The the Fox Sports Go app has become the Valley Valley uh app. Now. Oh, okay. So you can watch it. Cause I know my son's the same way. He, he live streams everything. And I said, hey, you can freaking you can you, they got the app now. He's like, oh good. So I can watch it. So you can watch it there now. Yeah, I think I'm gonna steal my friend's AT&T password. So I'm gonna be able to <laughs> I won't tell anybody. It'll be our secret. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll edit that out. But I'm gonna edit in these ads from our sponsors at Take Line and Locker Room. <laughs> Ah, uh, thanks, Alex. Uh, our first sponsor of the evening is Take Line. Sports culture takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday wherever you get your pods. And our second sponsor of the day is Locker Room. Locker Room, of course, as we've mentioned before, is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to me, other athletes, you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. You can talk to us about the Bengals. We're going to talk about how excited we am for Jamar Chase. The second year of Joe Burrow. How Jesse Bates deserves a fucking extension. He really does. Uh, you can sh- even share your own experiences on the app. Because like we said, it's a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations Watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. When we get iPhones or when it comes out for the Android App Store, you can join in on conversations with me and have a chance to be featured on the Fuck You, We Like the Bengals podcast. 
Uh, we'll be hosting rooms every week whenever this comes out. When it comes out for the Android, we'll let you know. I'll bother Andrew Stevens about it. I know he's not in control of the apps or, or in control of that app. But we would like it to come up for Android so we can do it. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store. Uh, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Fuck You, We Like the Bengals group. Follow us when it comes out for Androids at F-U-W-L-T-Bengals to be notified when our room goes live. And we will be going live on the Locker Room app when it does. And we're back with Jeff Trenopole from the Sports with Strawberry Ice podcast. We were talking about Cincinnati sports. We talked about uh, the Reds a lot. Uh, but this is a Bengals podcast, and this is a big episode because we just had a uh, thing called a draft. Yes, we did. And we fi- uh, the Bengals finally settled the uh, Chase versus Sewell debate. Yep. Uh, Jeff, who did the Bengals pick in the first round? Well, believe it or not, they picked Panay Sewell. Wait, no, they didn't. No, they p- picked Jamar freaking Chase in the first Jamar round. Jamar Chase. They got Yeah, him. baby. I'm stoked. I was I was on the Sewell train for a while because of Burroughs Burroughs I call it PTS knee. But <laughs> I just get Yeah, it. I mean there's a lot of people like that and the, my art I, I was I was team chase. Well, put it this way, when they signed Riley Reef, that's yeah. when I'm like, get out of here, let's go get Chase. And what I keep arguing with people still to this day. I'm done like, arguing. What you, like, 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 what are you going to do with the, the Cleveland Browns and Miles Garrett and all these guys coming after you? I said, okay, well, this is what they're going to do. They're going to spread it out. He's going to take a three-step drop. And they're, I said, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, one of them is going to beat you guys, and we're going we're gonna to pass it before you even get to Joe Burrow. I said, that's how they're going to beat you. I said, that's why we can get away with not having Panay Sewell. But the thing is, Jackson Carmen, I think, is going to be a, a really good uh, guard for us. And yeah. the trade back, I, in my mind, it was critical. Huge. Yes, the, 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 the players that they added. I mean, it allowed us uh, it allowed us to draft a kicker in the fifth round. If you don't make that trade, you're not drafting a kicker in the fifth round. Oh, no. And, he's, and he, he was going to be a only weapon. kicker drafted. Yes, and he was the best kicker. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so he, Did I mean, he's going to be a weapon. Him kicking the bottle. Yes, the bottle cap off. Yes. Oh, my God. I showed this to my friend Billy, and I'm like – I saw, like, him kicking the bottle cap and the bottle, and I'm like, this is much better than you're going to realize. He's like, oh, I'm just going to kick the bottle over. But, no, he's going to cool. unscrew the cap. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had to watch it the first time. Later. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I'm going – I said, what? I said, well, the bottle didn't move. And then I watched it again, and I go – I kind of zoom in a little bit. I'm like, oh, the bottle cap came off. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't see that the first That's time. so like, insane. That, that's ridiculous. He he said it took him like thirty times to do it, but I, I'm like I don't care. You still did it. That's yeah, that's awesome. Because I like to do full court shots just for fun. Sometimes, so you get closer and closer the more you try, right? Because you're like getting into a rhythm. Like, oh, I'm getting closer. This is how much I have to throw. Right. Or how much I have to kick. The the the, the, the well, who is that? The the dudes that do the uh, trick shot all the time. You're perfect. Um, yeah, dude, perfect. I love those guys. Yeah, they don't do them on the first try every time. I, mean, I did see some... one they did. I watch their videos all the time. But there was one uh, he, he uh, did a, the world's longest blindfolded shot. Yeah. You know, some like 60 feet, 65 or so feet. He made it on the first try. Nice. 
Well, the thing is, too, those guys do that all the time. So. Yeah. Oh, they're <laughs> pros. Right, exactly. But getting back to the draft, the other guy that I'm really excited, as far as the uh, fourth-round guys that we got, is me and uh, my co-host, Jeremy D. We're calling him uh, Bayou Big Daddy. Oh, so, Shelvin. Yes. He was rated, if he would have came out uh, in 2019, a second-round pick. We got him in the fourth. Can uh, I call him Geno Fatkins? There you go. <laughs> That's the thing. He's got he's to keep his weight under control. That that has been an, an issue. But as long as he does that, have you seen some of the clips of him just destroying people? It, he's a run stuffer. Yes. He's a run stuffer that, that can get to the quarterback too. <laughs> that decreases the workload for the linebackers occasionally. And it's huge. Yes. Yes. So let's go pick by pick. Let's All do right, this. First pick, Jamar Chase. Wide receiver out of LSU. I like it a lot. Love it. I Absolutely like it. love it. I mean, like I said, I, w- I wanted Sewell, but I completely, 100% am on board with Chase. He's my guy now. And I like the pick a lot because, like, he's basically replacing A.J. Green. Yes. But he, he, can, he can actually be A.J. Green – of three years ago, and not the AJ Green we've seen the last three years. I mean, nothing against AJ. I love AJ to death. He's one what of my he's done for the players. Bengals franchise. Yes. Would is it is it too much to say he might be the best receiver in Bengals history? Ooh. Uh no, I wouldn't be. No, it wouldn't be strange. I mean, you got. See, I, I always have a hard hard time with this because you got Isaac Curtis, and if he could have played now, he could have. Been up there with with the records that Chad had and AJ had and all that stuff, but with the the way they pass protected or or, or let them defend passers or receive, I get it right, re- defend receivers in the seventies and early eighties, it was really hard to get open. They could basically mug you halfway down the field. And yeah. Isaac Curtis was still a great wide receiver. So, but as far as the stats go, I mean, you got to look. It's either AJ or Chad. I mean, as far as stats go, those, those are the two yep. best stat wise. But I mean, Carl Pickens, he wasn't bad at all. He's played on terrible teams and. Nobody yeah. really liked him, but he was a good wide receiver, too. But didn't in my like mind, the, yes. Didn't um, people create, like, the Pickens Clause or something like that? I looked in, like, the Pickens oh. Clause. That, like, um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I, it's I where uh, he said, like, you can't talk shit about the Bengals. Something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I, I put that, it in his contract or something. That rings a bell, the Pickens Clause, but I don't remember. Yeah, he couldn't say anything bad about, about the Bengals. I, I, I think that's what it was. Because those yeah, teams back then were just like the well, the late '90s, early 2000s. I'm too young to remember them. They were atrocious. Yes, I, I, I trust me. I'm old enough to remember each and every single one of my was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing that drove you nuts about them is they had great players. I mean, it wasn't like they had that whole everybody on the team was. Oh, Corey Dillon was a monster. You had Corey Dillon. You had Jeff Blake. You had Takeo Spikes. Uh, Takeo Spikes. You had, uh, like I said, Carl Pickens. You had Darnay Scott. Uh, people forget about Tony McGee. He was a really good tight end for us. I mean, they were play- they had, had Willie Willie yeah, Anderson. High six. When he, big when, daddy. Yeah, yeah. It had well, a big daddy is more of a bust, but yeah. But Willie Anderson was, was was drafted in '96, so that's when he started his Hall of Fame career. So I mean, they had good players. It's just they never had it all together, you know. Yeah. We, we never really – until Corey Dillon got here, we never really had a running game. And he never really yeah. had an offensive line to, to speak of until they started with Willie Anderson. After that was, Munoz, basically. Yeah, and that was one of the biggest problems with the teams in the 90s. Even with Jeff Blake on there, he's running for his life. 
You know, because yeah. you'll have been an line. excellent quarterback if he had a line. Oh, yeah. I mean, he threw one of the best deep balls in NFL Ever. history. Uh, dude, if you, show, if you watch any film from Jeff Blake back in the night, he throw a deep ball. It, the ball will go out of the screen and drop <laughs> right into the receiver's That's what uh, Russell Wilson's deep ball does. Yes. Yep. It's very similar. I think Russell Wilson, right, has the best deep ball right now. Yeah. As far as, yeah, as far as the projected trajectory and everything the way it drops into them and they, they hit them around stride that's the thing they don't have to wait for it they don't you know they have to slow down it's right in stride right of the shoulder bang and he, and russell wilson throws it to where the db can't catch it because exactly. he's throwing it high and just making sure that like tyler lockett or dk metcalf can just like yep. shoulder it that, that's that's just the way, same way jeff flakes was the exact same ball and i saw a headline after um after Chase got drafted, and this didn't occur to me until like after he got drafted, Chase basically fixes Burrow's one weakness from last year was his deep ball. Yep. And and I again, I was talking to, to Malik Wright about this. Ch- I hate calling Chase a deep threat. Right. I just don't. I don't want. I. I well, wasn't he's, like he's that 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 kind of minimizes what he does. He's more yes. than than just deep deep threat. I mean, he can catch it anywhere. Like, that's what I see Julio Jones as. Like, Julio Jones is a deep threat, but he can also catch it anywhere on the field. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing is, is – it's funny. You say Julio Jones, and a lot of people have compared Jamar Chase to Julio Jones. I think, and, I think Jones is taller. Yes. That, that's the one, that's the one uh, guy, hiccup or whatever people get on Ch- uh, Chase about. He's, he's not that tall, but – Dude, if you go up and get the ball, it doesn't matter how tall you are. Yeah, because Chase, his thing was contested catches. That's one yes. thing he, like, really thrived in. Mm-hmm. And my comparison for Chase was DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Because mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, like, Hopkins can catch anything. Mm-hmm. He's the, to me, he's the best receiver in the NFL of the last five years. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the, the company that, we, that Jamar Chase is already in. And we get to watch him every Sunday. Like right now, I, I dude, I don't know about you. He he did an interview yesterday, and he said that uh, they asked him how he felt about Cincinnati. Or you know, he goes, "Well, it's it's what do you say? Bigger is different than what he thought it was." And somebody asked him, well, "What do you mean it was, it's different?" He goes, "Well, I thought it was just gonna be a, a bunch of land." <laughs> you know, I guess he didn't think we had a, a downtown or anything. So he's actually, uh, I guess today. Riding around on a scooter in downtown Cincinnati on a, in a disguise. No, and I would. Oh yeah, I would. I would love to find out what that disguise is. <laughs> and like, hey, Jamar, what's going on? But uh, well, he well also it's like he's a man in the disguise. Is that not suspicious at all? <laughs> well, depends on what the, the the disguise looks like. Maybe it's a maybe it's a really good prosthetic nose or something, or maybe he's got sunglasses on or. Or maybe yeah. he's got a wig on, a long, real long hair. Who knows what he's got? <laughs> so do you think I was? I would think that Burrow would have kept him in the loop. Yeah, I, I, you would think so. Well, I mean, because Burrow has talked about. Uh, well, well, I'll put it this way: Burrow talked about Athens. Oh, so yeah. maybe maybe Jamar thought Cincinnati was like Athens, and Athens is a smaller town. So maybe that's what he was comparing it to from what uh, Joe told him. Just yeah. thinking out loud here. No, you're totally – I mean, that's what we do here. We're just talking about, honestly, what Jamar thinks of Cincinnati. And one of, one of the best summations I've heard of Cincinnati – I'm going to make this an Instagram caption someday. He's some guy – it's a – I talk about why your team sucks. It's a, it's a column that Drew McGarry 
does. He's a writer for Defector. He used to be on Deadspin all the time. Have you ever right. read it? No, no, I have, I've heard of it though. It's uh, it's just a roast of every NFL team. And the best summation of Cincinnati I've ever heard, and the funniest one, he said, "Downtown Cincinnati 15 years ago was full of hobos and piss." <laughs> But they yeah. revamped it and they revitalized it. And now it's full of trendy restaurants and bars and hobos and piss. <laughs> exactly. Well, like, that's the, the most coolest, perfect thing I've ever heard. The, the coolest part for me, I, I love going down by the banks. Oh, it's the banks, that, that play Down there, what they've done with that, because I remember when they, they blew the stadium up, you know, they, they built the two new stadiums, they built, blew up Riverfront. And then, like, for, it seemed like for years, all we had was a hole in the ground. Yeah. And they're like, and they kept saying, we're going to put a park here. I'm like, I thought they were going to put a park over the whole thing. I'm like, no, put some bars and restaurants and stuff like that. Well, that's what they did. They put bars, restaurants, and a park. And it's freaking awesome down there. Yeah, it's perfect. So I'm too young to remember. Like, I remember Synergy Field, like, vaguely. Uh But what was around Synergy Field when it was there? Was it, like, just empty land or parking lots? Not a whole lot. I mean, the Coliseum was next to it, which, I mean, Heritage Bank Arena, I guess that's what they call it now. That was next to it, obviously. And then they had – uh caddies was down there um that was about the only bar they had a couple other little bars but it was mostly uh, businesses down there and they call it the flats it was okay uh, tr- uh, they would move it out of uh, uh shipping it was uh semi trucks and stuff like that was was down there it, it was because what i would do when me and my dad would go to games when i was younger is we'd actually you know where the Bengals practice uh field is right now right should be indoors <laughs> right well the outdoor one but yeah Yes. Well, there's a, a, a bridge right there, and there used to be a bar. It's, and I don't remember the name of it, but there used to be a bar right there on that, that street, and we'd park on that street for free, and we'd walk straight through where the practice facility, where, where the stadium is, straight through that, and we'd, park, we'd walk to the stadium. So that, that's what was there. It was a bunch of just businesses and stuff that you could yeah. just walk through. Now <laughs> it's got stadium everything there. It's the stadium, all the bars. There's the Freedom Center down there. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is a much cooler city than like people realize. Yeah, I wish they get the uh, the Ferris wheel back. That 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 was a cool thing. I didn't even notice that they took that down. Yeah, well, I heard that they because it's not. It wasn't a. It was always a temporary thing. And then I heard that the city was getting going to get their own one, but then COVID hit and everything, and and I haven't heard anything if they're getting one now or not. But. That's, that uh, was the plan to get their own. So I hope that that does happen and they, and they bring that back. And that was just a cool thing, especially if you're in Kentucky coming through the cut of the hill and they had the city lit up and the Ferris wheel lit up and everything. It's just cool as hell. Oh, it was so cool. And like, it's downtown Cincinnati. It's like, it's got that. I mean, I'm biased when I say this. The skyline's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's great. It, it's especially, well, the, in the cool thing, especially from where the places you can see it from, especially if you look out from Kentucky or if you go over on my side of town here at Manuka Park. I look down the river that way, and then you got um um, oh, what's the other 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 hill there? Um, seventy-one, seventy-five. Um, I can't. To I me, that's the best side. view of the skyline of downtown Cincinnati is driving down seventy-one, seventy-five. Yes, that's the another, best view of downtown another good view is, is Mount Adams. Go go look. Oh there. yeah, yes, that's what I was trying to think of. That area kind of died a little bit. Yeah, it used to be a thriving area. A lot of people, a lot of clubs and restaurants, and up there, up there, and it's not as much anymore. I don't, I don't know what's what's well, going like, on. Originally, it was like three, four years ago. Well, I think I, honestly, I think the banks has a lot to do with that. I think everybody's going there. Well, you got the banks, and then you got OTR. A lot of people are going down there yeah. too. So, there's well, only, like the banks and OTR have been there the whole time. Yeah, but the thing is, there's there's only so many spots, and there's only so many people. So, 
Yes. That's, you know, things come and go. I mean, I mean, you can look over at Newport and when that first opened the Newport and the Levee, that was, that was rocking. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of people going over there right now either. So. Yeah. There used to be a comedy club over there. They, they used to perform at every now and then. And now they're just like redoing it. Yeah. What they're putting there. Uh, they, as far as last time I was there, they had the movie theater. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. <laughs> I used to work at the Dewey's over there and. I think they just completely took that out too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's gone too. I mean, there's more stuff like outside by the aquarium. If you walk out outside, they, they okay. have stuff there. But when you go inside, where where the the movie theater and where, like you said, where the comedy club, all that stuff. Last time I was there, there wasn't a whole lot there. Yeah, there's not. Uh, but there is um, segue uh, a lot on our offensive line now. Thank God yes. we got a couple new players. Uh, yes. Starting with uh, our second round pick, like we got, we signed that with Riley Reef. We'll talk about we talked about that um, a little bit before. But our second round pick, uh, thankfully, we traded back for him, uh, yes. Jackson Carmen, a little hometown boy out of I believe Fairfield High School. Yep, out of Fairfield High School. My uh, my uncle actually lives out that way, and he I was over his house uh, last weekend, and he was talking about how he saw uh, Carmen play in high school. He and he saw him because he knew that kid was going to go at least D one. Yeah, because and he you know, became he, Trevor Lawrence's blindside. Right, so he's going from the de, uh, defending or, or protecting the number one pick this year to protecting the number one pick last year. So yeah. that's, <laughs> that's pretty good cool right there. Story. I mean, granted, he's playing guard, but guard was a huge hole. Yes. Well, that was the biggest problem. I mean, I know everybody got on Bobby Hart, which I thank God he's not here anymore. But it's the biggest problem is the offensive. I'm sorry. Addition by subtraction. Yes, exactly. But the biggest problem with the offensive line was the guard play. And if yep. you remember last year when they finally put Spain and they finally put Serafilia, Serafilia got hurt, you know, the first game of the year last year. When they had those two at guard, that's when our running games started getting better. That's Those two were the, at guard when we beat the Squealers last, last year on Monday night. And you didn't even need um, Mixon to do that because you had like Samaj P. Ryan and Travion Williams. Yep. Yep. You didn't even need your fucking $48 million running back. Yep. Well, just, just think how much fun it is going to be watch, watching him now with an actual offensive line. Please, <laughs> for the love of God, stay healthy. <laughs> yes. I, I'm so excited to watch him make his first cut beyond the line of scrimmage and yes. not have to avoid somebody in the backfield. That would be nice. Yes, because like he was like – he kind of was like the Le'Veon Bell kind of runner where he's like, he can catch it out of the backfield and mm-hmm. he would just dance his way to maybe like a five yard gain. Yeah. But he was that kind of guy. And you can hope like with Frank Pollock coming back and, mm-hmm. and Spain and Carmen and Williams Hopkins and Riley reef. Mm-hmm. He could, if they stay healthy, that is the key. That is 150% yes. the key. If mm-hmm. they stay healthy and if Mixon stays healthy, Oh my God. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too is, is health is always a key, and you can't. Well, I, I'm saying I'm not saying it won't happen, but they had so many injuries last year; it was ridiculous. And it every, seems like every, every year that happens. But to me, it's like every couple years that happens, and and, and the years it, it can't happen back to back, can it? <laughs> At least I'm hoping not. I, as many as we had last year, yeah, exactly. Cross your fingers. As many as we had last year, we can't have that many guys injured this year. I mean, I, I guess we could, but let's knock a wood and hope that doesn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, we got a very good shot of, of having a very fun year. But like you said, we yeah. got Carmen Jackson. We picked up uh, – go, go in the offensive line. We pick, picked up uh, Deontay Smith. That's the uh, other kid that got in the draft. East Carolina. Yes. And I – honestly, dude, 
I would not be surprised in a year or two if he's our starting right tackle. He, I mean, uh, so looking at the article on Bengals Wire, it says uh, his strength is versatility. Like he can play – he took reps at both tackle spots and at guard. So basically if he doesn't work out at right tackle, if we keep Riley Reed for a couple of years and maybe Spain doesn't work out, plug in Deontay Smith at, right, or at left guard. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, and the thing, you, you, you could also put Carmen. Jackson Carmen out there at, at, at tackle and put Deontay Smith at guard. I mean, they're, the thing about the guys they got, they're all versatile. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you know if um, Carmen, do you know if Jackson Carmen is playing left or right guard? Do you know that yet? I don't know that. I'm not, I'm not sure. What, I just know he's playing guard. <laughs> yep. I don't know which side yet. I'll take it. Because yeah. I, I forget who I was talking to about this. What um, team, like with Sewell, like if you put a high pick on Sewell, it, who knows how much it could fix because teams aren't going after. They're not going to try and go around Sewell. They're going to attack your least effective offensive lineman. Exactly. So somebody said that. I, I can't remember. I heard it on one of the national radio uh, broadcasts or something. And, and actually, I think it might have been uh, Lewis Riddick. He goes, there – That might have – yeah, that might, it might have been Lewis Riddick. Yeah. Because he, he, I think he, put, he, he said, you don't need five penal souls. You just need five really good guys that are all really good together, and there's no weak spots. That's how you get a really good to great offensive line. It seems like weak spots. Yes, and I'll play it to you this way. In the, in the, and I'm going back probably before uh, – farther back than, than you, you can remember. But in, in 1988, when they went to that Super Bowl, they had one guy on that offensive line was the number one pick, and that was Anthony Munoz. The rest of them were second, fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks. Granted, those, Munoz was a Hall of Famer. Granted, yeah, but I mean that. Would, but the other guys, and if you look at the, the draft picks that the Bengals have on the offensive line this year, if, if Billy Price is your starting center, if Hopkins isn't ready, you've got three first round picks that are starting for you. You got Jonah Williams, Billy Price, and, and Riley Reef. Those are three first round picks. Yes, but a first round pick only has so much meaning, though. Like, like that, that's that's Rock. my point, right? That that's that's exactly my point. You, just because you're a first round pick doesn't mean you're going to be. Great. You know, you could be a fifth-round pick in your grade. Like, um, like, for example, Richard Sherman, looking, looking to go to the Hall of Fame. He was a fifth-round pick. Yep. But, again, like, because people say a first-round pick. They're like, oh, he's a first-round pick. He's a first-round talent. I was completely against the Bengals signing Isaiah Wilson. When he got released from, like, people were saying, like, the Titans are looking to trade him. Like, the Bengals should get him. I'm like, if you're a first-round pick who a team yeah. gives up on after only one, one year, year. Yeah, no. Huge red flag. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was having problems showing up to meetings and learning, learning what he's supposed to do. I mean, basic stuff. Oh, just, like, basic, like, show up to work. Right, exactly. If you're just trying to get, a, you know, work in the regular world, oh, you might want to show up to work on time. Like, that usually helps. <laughs> yes, and they went to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins were like, we can't deal with this guy. Right. Well, and that's what I like that the Bengals didn't get him. Because how many times during the Marvin Lewis era did we get guys like that? And they became distractions off the field and stuff like that. That's one thing about the guys that we have right now. Most of the guys that they drafted have been captains. Most yep. of them uh, are – was like six guys last year they drafted were captains. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. I, th- I think the first – yeah, I think, I think you're at first six rounds. I think all six of them were, were captains, if, I, if yeah. I remember right. But none of these guys are look-at-me guys. I mean, Jamar Chase isn't a look-at-me guy. I mean, he, he's confident, you know. Yeah. He came out and said, you know. I'm going to break I, every I play, record. Right. And that, that's not – to me, he didn't say it like cockiness. He didn't say it like that. He just said, 
confidently. That's he wants to be the best wide receiver that he can be, and he wants to be the best one in Bengals history. And if he breaks all the records, he's going to be. So those yeah. are just goals for him. So it's it's there's a difference between confidence and cockiness, and I think he's more confident than cocky. And that's the same way with Joe Burrow. He's not cocky. He's extremely confident, and he knows what he's doing, and he knows what it takes to get to where he wants to go. Burrow has scary, silent confidence. Yes, yes. Because I was listening to um, – uh, Burrow did a podcast with Collinsworth not too long ago. Yes, yep. I, I and he was just like – he was talking about how I think he was like destroyed in the Eagles game or something like that. The team's like kind of like tackling him. And he's like, someday I'm going to be like a top quarterback. Someday I'm going to be the GOAT. I'll get that call is what he said. Yeah. No, it's like <laughs> – he's like – He's not like Chad, like gloaty about it, but he's like, I'm gonna fuck you up when I get good. That's Jackpot Joe, baby. I, I was so I'm normally against like making the super sexy pick when there's right. like a bigger need. I was horny for Burrow when he came. <laughs> I was so pro Burrow. I'm like, this is this is it. This is our golden opportunity. Right, right. Like, to me, Burrow is the difference between the Cincinnati Bengals and the St. Louis Bengals. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my story about, uh, about Burrow. Now, I, I, was, I, I, was, I wasn't a huge Andy Dalton fan. I mean, I, I liked him. I thought he was good. That's but was, how most people should feel about Andy Dalton. Yeah. But I was never like, oh, my God, we have to get in our quarterback. Because my, my question was, who? You know, because we're going to the that, playoffs. We're drafting later. Let me get a little poop. That yeah. was exactly my – that's exactly how I felt about Marvin Lewis. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. If not Marvin, who? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, I kind of felt the same way with Marvin, too, dur- during that, that, uh, that run. I'm like, who are we going to get? And, and that was – get back to, to Andy. That's what I kept saying. I was like, all right, well, and pe- some people are like, oh, we got A.J. McCarron now. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, A.J. McCarron is not better than Andy Dalton. I'm like, he's not. So, he's a anyways, backup. He's a decent backup, but he's not yeah. – a starter? No, and that's why since he's left, he hasn't started for anybody. So, I mean, all well, those people – I mean, I literally, I had people at my work going, uh, Andy Dalton's days are numbered. A.J. McCarron's here. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, did you watch him play in Alabama? And this is before Alabama was the fun and gun that they are now. They were running the ball back then. Who were, they didn't, who were their wide receivers back then? I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I don't like, – I don't It was I, like Julio Jones and then – some other Ooh. guys. And they've had good receivers since then, but it's uh, yeah. They but that was more when they had the the running backs, like Derrick Henry and and uh, Trent Richardson. Uh, yeah, Trent Richardson and the guys like that. They were more of a running game. Let's look this up. So while you're looking that up, I'll, I'll tell my story about how I yeah I, uh, got, uh, I pretty much fell in love with Joe Jackpot Joe Burrow. So I was watching. Um, it was 2019. They had the Week Zero game. They called it. It's, okay. It was uh, Texas versus LSU, and I had heard of Joe Burrow. Yeah, I knew, you know, he's, I knew he was from Ohio, and he you know, transferred from Ohio State. So I'm watching the game, and the more and more I watch, I'm like, wow, this kid's good. You know, like, I was like, I remember thinking this, like, wow, I think LSU finally has themselves a quarterback because they would always have the talent but never have a quarterback. Yep. So this is like, I guess, the beginning of the year is Zach Taylor's first year. Had no clue how good or bad the Bengals were going to be. Go to about the middle of the year when Jackpot Joe is killing it, LSU is killing it. And the Bengals are tanking. They're terrible. I go I, – I, I watch the LSU-Alabama game. I watch Jackpot Joe destroy them. And I go, we need to draft him. 
We have a chance. To, I said, I want to lose the rest of the games. And I hate saying that about my Bengals. I want to lose the rest of our games to get jackpot Joe Burrow. I yep. said, yeah, I'm like, he, that's, the, that's a guy that can win you game. That's the difference between if, if Joe Burrow was on those five straight playoff games, we would have won a playoff game because Andy Dalton couldn't win you a playoff game, but he, he, he by himself, get you there. He, he could get you there. He couldn't win it by himself. Joe could win it by himself. Yeah. And now he's got the receiver quarter to do it, which, by the way, I looked it up. The only name of note that I saw was Amari Cooper. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like Alabama had a ton of wide receivers. And AJ, well, AJ McCarron didn't throw the ball a ton back then. I mean, they ran it. That's why yeah, I couldn't believe so. Henry, or I don't even think Henry was there back then. It was like uh, yeah. Richardson. I think it was I think it was Trent Richardson, to be honest. He was – uh, second, third pick, 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he got picked by the Browns, and then they traded him to the, uh, Colts. To the Colts. Or no, it was – was it, it the opposite way? Was it 12 or 13? I think it was 12. I think it was 12, but I don't – I'm going by just top of my head. I don't remember, to be honest, but I think it was 12. Uh, I have the list right here. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm, I think it's 2012. Where are you, motherfucker? Well, that was the thing. That was where Trent Richards, they showed when he went to the Colts. 2012, he, yep. He, he couldn't even find the hole in the, in the NFL. He, the yep. holes were so – the offensive line was so dominant at Alabama, it, it, was, it was easy for him to find. The NFL, it wasn't as easy for him to find the holes. And he just never, never panned out in the NFL. That's what a lot of uh, – that's how I feel about a lot of quarterbacks, especially at Alabama. That's how I feel about Mac Jones. Because I'm with they, you on that one. Because he had Devontae Smith. He had a mm-hmm. Heisman Trophy winner, wide receiver. How often does that happen? Right. He had exactly. um, Jalen Waddell. Yeah, yep. you, you were being protected by Alex Leatherwood, which mm-hmm. I had a huge gut feeling he wouldn't be available at 38. Oh, dude, I was hoping he was going to be in the second round. <laughs> I had I him in my second him. round. I couldn't believe he went 14th to, 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 the, to the Raiders. Or 17th to the Raiders. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Okay. I knew the whole time because literally all it takes is that one team to make that one call. Yep. And you yep. see the guys are like, he's the Outland Trophy winner. He played mm-hmm. for a national championship winning team. He was Matt Jones's blind side. So a team's going to see that and basically, basically make that call. The Raiders are like, the Raiders are notoriously dog shit at drafting. Right. They're terrible at it. And I don't think I'm not. This isn't this isn't a knock on Alex Leatherwood. He was not a first round pick. No, I, I think well, especially not at 14. I mean, I thought he might have been a late first round pick, may definitely a, a second round pick. Yes, he was a second round pick. He would have been a fine second round pick. I just Did didn't I, see it happening. Do I keep saying 14? Was, was he at 17? I keep 17. 17. 17. That 17 pick. Sorry. 14. But, yeah. I think was Vera Tucker. From yeah. the, he went to the Jets. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I got to go back to uh, the bang- who the Bengals selected because we haven't even gotten to, like, the other guys. We haven't even gotten to Joseph Osai. We haven't even gotten to uh, the other uh, – we got to shelving a little bit. We got to shelving a little bit. Yeah. Buy, you, buy you Big Daddy. Buy well, you let's, get to, let's get to o- Osai. Yes. Okay. Let's, 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 let's look he at was a name I saw in a lot of mocks. He was another one that was a second-round grade. Yeah. We have a third. I mean, he, he, the Bengals potentially have – Three starters on this team out of this draft. Osai, uh, the kicker. Um, I always forget his name. Evan um, McPherson. Evan McPherson. And, 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 Car- and Carmen, Carmen Jackson. 
I mean, th- those are three starters right there. Four. Four starters. Sorry. Yeah. And, and Jamar Chase. Yeah. Forget about that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy who we only yeah. invested a fifth overall pick in. Yeah, no, they, he's no big deal. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just uh, uh, scratch him by him. <laughs> yeah. But the thing with Osa I'm looking at, he has, like, a lot of upside. And yes. I love that in the player. He's got room to grow. And because it says he went from playing off ball linebacker in coverage to rushing the passer in later years and looked borderline elite in all facets, especially yes. the big 12. That's huge. Yeah. Um, he, go ahead. Go ahead. I was like, I was like, he, he reminds me a lot of, of the guy. Why can't I, I hate when I do that. I can't think of people's name. The guy we just let go in free agency. Um, uh, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. Yes. I think he has a lot, his body, and the way he plays is a lot like Carl Lawson. So basically, hey. he, like, Tr- Trey Hendrickson wasn't the Carl Lawson replacement. Joseph Osai was. Yes. Yes. And that, well, that's the thing that gets me excited about, about our pass rush. You, you got Hendrickson. You got Lawson. Or Osai. You got um, Hubbard. Uh, Hubbard. You've got uh, Sample, the kid we got out of LSU. He can play inside and outside. Uh, was he a Tulane guy? Or yes, Tulane. I, do, I know I'm right on that one. He was drafted out of Tulane. And he can play inside and outside. So I think our, our longest Lou Armadillo, and that's what I, I keep calling him, and I will call him that until he does better on our defense because I, I don't like his defensive schemes that much. But I think we got a shot to really get pressure on the quarterback this year with these guys. Yeah, and the AFC North is a division where, you, like, you have Miles Garrett on the Browns. You have T.J. Watt on the Steelers. It's a division where you got to pressure the quarterback. Exactly. And, well, the thing is, the key – to, to, to me, anyway, to beating the clowns and the rat birds, is you got to stop the run. Yep. And that is Bayou Big Daddy. That is DJ Reader. That is Mike Daniels. That is Open Joby. All these guys that hopefully if they're freaking healthy, <laughs> yes. we can stop the run. And if we stop Bengals the run. Have a deep defensive line. Yes. Yes. And if we get – I, I keep hoping this happens. If they re-sign uh, Geno Atkins, which there's still a chance that maybe they can – I wouldn't. He, I mean, he's not the old the Gino of old, but no. still, if he can he's put it, Gino. yeah, if he could be in there and play and and you know give you, you know, 10, 15 snaps a game, I'll take it. Pro, have him provide, and I this sounds like a cliche. Have him be a mentor to like Shelvin or Ogan Joby or. Yep. I think him and Ogan Joby were like kind of kind of buddies when Ogan Joby yes. played for the Browns. Yeah, him and Og- Ogan Joby they they work out together. Actually, Ogan Joby said that. Uh, 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 Gino's his, his mentor, basically. Yeah, that, it rules because, like, I've noticed this, like, NFL fans, like, kind of, like, squander each other and just, like, butt heads and, like, your team sucks and your team sucks. Right. But NFL players, like, even, like, rivals are, like, really good friends. Yeah. I love to see that. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely different. That's that's a new age of sports in general. It, they're all you know, handshaking and, and, and dapping up and everything before the game. Back in the old days, they wouldn't even look at each other. But now they're hanging out. Each other. Right. But now, I mean, one thing is they got the same agents. They work out together. They, you know, they do a lot of stuff. They, they do commercials together. So it's it's completely different. But yes. it's, it doesn't change the fact they they want to kick each other's ass when you get on the field. It's the competitive nature of football. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's get to uh, – first of all, let's get to our uh, other sponsors. We have a couple sponsors, Bet Online and Kansas City Stakes. Schubert, tell us about him. I will. (laughs) 
this week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teens prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And how about one of our newest sponsors, our friends at Kansas City Stakes? You work hard and play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon. Holy shit, that sounds good. Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. All right, we are back, like I said, with Jeff Trenopol of Sports with Strawberry Ice. We got a few more draft picks to talk about. We got a couple later round guys that like honestly look really good and they look like late round steals, don't we, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you got the kid, the last one they picked up from uh is it Hubbard? I think he's from uh from Kansas. Cuba Hubbard. Or yeah. no, no, he was um not Kansas. It was Kansas State, wasn't it? Uh no, it was um Chris Evans from Michigan. Oh, Chris Evans, yes. Well, I was talking about the uh, line. Wyatt Huber. Wyatt Huber, yes. Why him and Chris Evans, Captain America? I think he honestly could have be the steal of the draft. Yeah, because the good thing for the Bengals, he's a geo replacement. He's a geo exactly. He's a geo replacement with a lot of tread left on the tires because he didn't play a whole lot. At yeah, Michigan. he was a, wasn't he suspended from Michigan? Yeah, he had academic uh, academic problems. So he got suspended, but you gotta like if you listen to the story, what he did while he was suspended, he worked like three jobs. And I think he had to pay for his own college for that semester or two semesters or whatever it was. Work three jobs, go to school, and, and get himself back together, get himself right. And he took all of that on and got himself back on the team. Now, like I said, he didn't play as much. But like I said, that's good for the Bengals because a lot of college running backs come out and they are beat up. Yeah. You know, just from college, if they're really good. Trent he's Richardson, not. I think, might be an example. It was like you go. put up insane stats, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm in the NFL. Where I like, I ran my ass off in college, and now I'm in the NFL. Not only am I supposed to run a lot, I'm supposed to be the three down back. And now players are like, they're bigger, they're stronger. There's more conditioning. Exactly. And the cool thing about Chris Evans, like you say, he's a G, he's a geo replacement. You can put him out of the backfield, bubble screens. You can split him out wide. Yeah. So, and I was 
talking to, uh, I think it was Anthony Cazenza from uh, uh, Orange and Black Insider Podcast. And I was asking, yeah. I said, do you think that since they released uh, Gino or Gio, that they would draft another running back? And he's like, I don't really, I don't really see that. But then when they got uh, Chris Evans, like I said, Captain America, that's what I'm calling him. Yep. He's, he's, he's a replacement. He's Gio 2.0. I mean, if you look at the draft, they basically hit every single need that yep. they had. So, and I've said this on my show, I think with this draft and the, the free agents that the Bengals have signed, this is the deepest team that Zach Taylor has had in three years. It's the first time he actually has depth yeah. at, at pretty much all positions, except for maybe linebacker and tight end. That's about the only two I can think of. But everybody else, they're pretty deep. I'm okay with their tight end situation right now. I am not as – I'm not nearly as hyped on Thaddeus Moss as a lot of people are. See, I, I, I am. I, 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 I don't know why. I got a feeling – not that he's going to be an all-pro or anything like that, but I just have a feeling that he's going to be better than, than people think he's going to be. I hope. I, I hope he's better. I'm just like, it's the familiarity with LSU. It's the fact that he's related to Randy Moss. It's the fact that he played with Joe Burrow. It's like, other than that, he doesn't really have a whole lot of selling points to me. Well, the, the, I'll put it this way. and I, I can't stand the, the SEC. I'm a, I'm a University of Cincinnati Bearcat fan. Okay. So. But I respect the hell out of the SEC. I'll and, say something when you're done, but go on. Uh, what, what you can do what Thaddeus did in the SEC, I know it was on one of the greatest offenses ever, but he was still beating people and he was still getting open a lot. That, to me, some part of that has got to translate to the NFL, especially when you have the same quarterback and you have damn near the same offensive system that you ran in college. The Bengals are almost running the same one. So that's why I think this is the perfect fit for him. I think he's going to do something, but we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll see. I mean, the football team, the football team, I mean, it's such a trash organization. Like, Ron Rivera has been such a godsend to that organization. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the Washington football team, yeah. <laughs> yes. But they still, I guess they're just going to go with the football team. They're not going to have an actual name. Oh, that's so – that's hilarious. <laughs> I thought they'd go with the pigskins or, or something. I don't know. <laughs> Something other than the football team. Like, okay. That, I think some guy, not, like, bought a lot of uh, – trade. he, like, made a lot of trademarks so the Washington football team couldn't do anything. They couldn't go I, with, like, the Bravehearts or they couldn't go with the the anything else. They just had to pick I, some random random thing. That sounds about right. Well, I mean, when you say the football team, it sounds like a soccer team because, you know, th- those those teams are always, like, we have FC Cincinnati. And, and the, the I teams hardly follow them. I don't – I'm trying to because it is a Cincinnati team, but I'm not a – soccer guy at all but when you say the football team that's what the you know teams over in europe or the soccer teams are they're all football yeah. teams <laughs> so what are you going to ask you something about uc you said yeah oh that's what it was so the browns were picking literally one pick before the Bengals. yes and they selected um james hudson the yep. tackle from cincinnati yep i was like please god let him be available the next pick. Yeah. Do you think the Bengals would have drafted him if he was available with that pick? Okay, now help me refresh my memory. Who did they draft instead of? Do you know that? Because I can't think of it right no, now. Uh, the, this was um, – the Browns had the pick before the Bengals. Right. And they so drafted did... James Hudson, and then they drafted uh, Cameron Sample. So, yeah, if – yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they – I definitely think he was, he was in the mix for them. I, I really do. And I was hoping – 
I was hoping they drafted because I'll tell you the fourth round for the Bengals went by so fast. I can't remember who they picked when they picked him and all that stuff. But yes, if it he was, was still there. Uh, Deontay Smith. No, it was a sample. Shelvin and Smith. And Smith. Okay. But yeah, if just get back, back to your question. Yeah, if he was there and the Browns didn't take him, yes, I wholeheart, wholeheartedly believe that they would have taken him. Because they, I mean, I don't want to say this has a lot or anything to do with the Carmen Jackson, uh, the drafting Carmen Jackson, but he's from Cincinnati. Yeah, he is. I, I'm, I'm sure that had something to do. And if this kid played for the University of Cincinnati, you know, you know they've got they've watched him, so they they should have the best tape on him. He's right in their backyard, so yeah, they should know him better than anybody. Literally up so, the hill, right? Exactly. So uh, yes, I think if, if he was there, they would have taken him. And I was hoping, like you were, I was hoping they would take him, but the stupid clowns beat us to him. My one pick too. That yeah, sucks, but yep, again, well, that's they got three guys. They got three guys. Three guys for the line. They got Trey Hill. We haven't even talked about Trey Hill yet. Another SEC right. guy. Yep. I mean, I hate saying the SEC as a selling point, but. Yeah, I do. I'm not, like I said, I'm not an SEC fan. I can't stand them, but. Can I give you my take on that? Go ahead. What's up? I think, especially when grading Alabama players, you have – it's hard to grade the SEC. It's like, oh, my God, it's the SEC. It's the best competition. Especially when talking about Alabama and with Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. The SEC is so top-heavy. Yes. Because when you think about, like – the top teams, obviously fantastic. Alabama, Georgia, Florida. But the rest of the SEC is like Kentucky and Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yep. Last year's LSU team and just Tennessee and just teams that are super mediocre. Well, I'll point to you this one. The reason I, I – when I talk about the SEC guys that I like – they're mostly the ones that are ones that I've seen play in big games. So, yes. like Leatherwood, I liked him. He played good and he played great in big games against uh, you know LSU and against Florida and all these guys. Joe Bur- Jackpot Joe played great in you know all the games there. Chase, those are that's when to me when you have LSU and when Auburn's good and Alabama and and all these teams are, are good. You have multiple multiple NFL players on those teams playing against each other. So those are the games that I really like watching, especially if I think the Bengals have a chance of drafting anybody on there. And that's – if they show up in those games, then that's going to translate to to the NFL. Yeah. But, yes, I do think the whole conference in general uh, is a little overrated, to be honest. It's hugely overrated. I'd say it's – I don't like judging players like just like the conference. Like, oh, my God, it's the Big 12. Or, oh, my God, it's the Big 10 or – well, I'll like, tell you to you this way. I mean, University of Cincinnati almost beat Georgia. Should have oh, yeah. beat Georgia. If, so, kicker, if, if we convert a third down and they don't kick a 55-yard field goal, we win the Peach Bowl. <laughs> yeah, because, like, knowing the Cincinnati sports playoff curse, like, he made the – it was a 50 – I think it was a 54-yard field goal. Like, knowing the Cincinnati sports curse, he would have made that field goal from 154 yards. <laughs> well, the thing that cracks me up, people get mad. Why didn't Luke just run the ball? If Luke Fickle runs the ball, we get a third down. It's like, are you sure? I mean, that's not necessarily true. If if they complete that pass and we get convert to third down, that game's over. If you if your aunt if your aunt had a dick, she'd be your uncle. It's <laughs> right. I hate what people relevant at this point. Right. I know. I hate when people say that. I'm like, you don't know they would have definitely converted it. I mean, he hit a fit with 54 yard field goal. Yeah, he nailed. He was a freshman. He was a freshman. So I'm, you kind of just gotta 
tip your cap to them and go, all right, you beat us. It happens. It right. sucked. But I was ecstatic. We didn't get freaking blown out because when we went to the Orange Bowl, we went to the Sugar Bowl, we looked like we didn't deserve to be there. Last year at the Peach Bowl, we deserved to be there. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Like, and I hate talking about this because it's irrelevant now. And the best thing I've ever read was on Wire Team Socks. I'll explain it a little bit. Yeah. The infamous Steelers playoff game. Oh, my God. Ugh. Like, think about, like, the hindsight moments of, like, you shouldn't have left Vontaze Perfect on the field. You shouldn't have let Jeremy Hill run the ball. You should have done both of those things. If Jeremy Hill doesn't fumble the ball, we win the damn game. That's it. Don't fumble the ball. Yeah, that's – I mean, the – I mean, Marvin Lewis made the right call with running the ball to give Mike right. the opportunity to get as close of a field goal as he could. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, people forget, we were winning that game. Yeah, AJ Green, I mean, I, we, we, we've been on here uh, uh, trashing um, um, oh, the quarterback that, uh, from Alabama. Um, McCarron. McCarron, we're, we're on here trashing, but he threw, should have been the game-winning touchdown pass to AJ Green there. And the game I mean, that did happen. Devontae's perfect. Yeah, and but I just oh, I get so I get so frustrated thinking about that. Can I give? Uh, I literally remember this verbatim. Someone had a very good summation of why people are so pissed off about that. Yeah, everyone still has the and, and I hate that we're a Bengals fan podcast, but he's right. Everyone still has the energy to be mad about that game against the Steelers because nothing worth noting has happened to this franchise since then. January 9th, 2016 was the day we finally got the answer to the question, who day? And the answer was, is, and always will be themselves. That is profound. It sucks. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it sucks to hear. Yeah, it really does. Well, the thing is, you can look at the, at the the other play. I mean, that's the biggest one because we had the game won. Yeah. The other playoff games, we were never really in them. That was that's the that's the hard part, and and that ended. It it was over after that. It was finale. It was over. We haven't been to the playoffs since. The team just sucked. Andrew Whitworth left. Sanu left. Marvin Jones left. So all that even yep. piled on even more on the what happened after that playoff game. Yeah, and it's been losing records ever since then. And again, I got a, I got, I got hope for the future. We got Burrow. We got, uh, we got his guy from college, Jamar Chase. We've got a solid line now, provided they're still healthy. We have a solid, <laughs> we have a solid trenches. We have the best safety duo in the NFL. Who got snubbed? But uh, JC Bates got completely snubbed by not getting the All Pro. Yeah, it's he's such a stud and. It's insane that he hasn't been a pro bowler, but yeah, he's, he's the next one. They're about to, he's about to get resigned this summer, I think. Oh yeah. Do you think the Bengals, do you think the Bengals retain Jesse Bates? Hell yeah. <laughs> I hope Absolutely. So. God, I hope so. Yeah. I, I think he's going to get resigned. I honestly think they're going to resign him. And I was talking to Dave Lapham about this on my show too. Not to keep dropping names, but that's actually who I was having a conversation with. I dropped show. a couple names. It's fine. <laughs> but he, he was saying, that he thinks that it'll get done later in the summer, just like uh, Joe Mixon's did last year. So he, he was pretty confident that the Bengals will, will get Jesse Bates uh, re-signed. And he's been pretty right about a lot of things, hasn't he? He's been right yes. about um, – Draft picks. Yeah, I predicted Mixon. But I think La – I was saying, like, Lapham's entire life, 
is Cincinnati Bengals. He's Mr. Bengal. I mean, literally. Yeah. He, he's been a Bengal since 1974. That's a year before I was born. I'm 46. So, And he's been in the broadcasting booth, I think he said, 33 years. Yeah, his I, life is the Bengals. I was saying I don't like Barry Larkin. I love Lapham. Yes. He's fantastic. I love Lapham. Come on. He, he, come he, on, Chad. Yeah, he I reminds love. me. He, well, he reminds me. I, I, love, I grew up listening to Marty and Jay on the radio. Okay. And Lapham is the Joe Nuxall uh, in the booth. Yeah, Dan Horde is the Marty Brown, and, and, and Lapham is the Joe Nuxall because Marty will be calling a uh, home run ball, and Joe's in the background, background going, Get out of here, ball! Get out! Get out! Get out! And that's, um, that's, that's, that's Dave Lapham. Come on, come on, come on, keep going, come on, you got it. There's a sack, there's a pancake, there, coffin nails, bam, bam. You know, that, that's, I love that crowd. I love I love the energy. It's a, I mean, like, think about with Marty and Joe, it's like the Pete Rose, oh, uh, the Pete Rose, uh, 4192. It's like, get yeah. out, get out, get out, get out. Yeah. Like, they are fans of the team. Yes. Yeah, and it was, it was, that's perfect. I mean, and, and people, some people don't like it because he's a homer. I love it. If, look, if you're broadcasting for my team, then hell yeah, I want you to root for our team. Now, Marty Brenneman never, I, he was never came across as a homer, but he was a Reds fan. You know, you know, he, he was always critical of the Reds and, 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 and players and, and of, of his own self, too. So he wasn't well, he as much of a homer. Didn't he? I'm sorry? He hated the Botto contract, didn't he? Ah, uh, he might have. That, that doesn't register. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like the Votto contract. I mean, my whole thing with the Votto contract, which I was okay with it at the time, but if you're not going to sign anybody else, then why did you sign him? You know, I mean, it kind of reminded me of when we, we had Ken Griffith Jr. here, who I absolutely love, and Barry Larkin. And that was it. We didn't sign anybody else. You got two players. So, I mean, I just – it never made any sense to me. Well, I was happy they signed him. But then, like I said, they let everybody else go. So, why did you sign him in the first place? That's been my issue with that. Look at the Chiefs, for example. They signed Patrick Mahomes to a contract that could cancel out the national debt. (laughs) Right. But then they also have Joe Tooney. They also – they, like, went all out to fix their line after they got destroyed in the Super Bowl. Well, the thing with that is people, people keep bringing that up to me. Like, well, you know, the, the Bengals didn't really go out like the Chiefs did. Okay, the Chiefs needed two players. That's it. They needed two offensive linemen. The rest of their team is fine. The Bengals needed a lot more. So yeah. if the Bengals are in the same situation, then hell yeah, go pay Tony, Tony all that money. Go sign the other guy and, or, or trade, trade for him. Because uh, they traded for uh, – what's his face from uh, the Ratbirds? Uh, um, Stanley. Yes, and, but that's all they needed. I mean, that's the thing. They didn't need anything else. So you, you could spend a lot of money on two players, and that's all you need. Yep. And they, I think they got them. They got Tooney. They got Stanley. They got – I mean, they got rid of, like, their first overall pick from eight years ago. But Fisher, yeah, yeah he, I, I think he, he actually – said. well, he's coming back from Achilles injury. He, now, see, I, this shocked me. He signed, I think, a $10 million deal with the Colts. And he still might not be ready for – he might miss the first month, month and a half of the season, and they're going to pay him $10 million bucks. Yep. They better be damn sure that his Achilles is, is attached. Oh, yeah. They just don't want to waste they, – they don't want their – basically, to throw another Reds reference, they don't want a Ryan Madsen. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a name for the past. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, so, I think we kind of touched on everyone pretty much. Who's uh, – so – with Chase, what what? So let's we didn't really talk about Chase all too much. 
What do you think Chase brings to the team? He brings that it factor. He yeah. brings – That's what Burrow brought. Yes. He, he, he takes the pressure – not that, that, that T. Higgins and Boyd can't handle pressure, but he takes the pressure off them. They – they won't be – who, who are you going to double team? Yeah, That's the other thing. Those are three guys who all, in all honesty, could deserve to be double teamed. Yeah, and you can't you can't double team all three of them. You might yep. not be able if they're all spread out, and we got a tight end coming out, and we got a running back come out. You can't double team anybody. Yep. So and that's so that's what Chase brings. Chase opens up this offense, and I know we keep talking about the deep ball, but that's what he does. Yep. He opens that deep ball up, but that's not all he can do. You know, I mean, you can you can put come back. Get him to go across the middle. He can do reverses. He can do all kinds of stuff. Chase can do whatever you want him to do. Yep. But that deep ball is a huge, huge thing for this the team. We're lacking. Like, T can do it every now and then. I don't see it with Boyd. I see Boyd as like a slot guy. I see him as a better odd and take. Yes. He, he, he's perfect for a slot receiver. Well, I'll play to you this way. You got, you got Chase, you got Higgins, you got Boyd. They're going to be as good. Actually, I think they'll be better than Chad, TJ, and Chris Henry. What do you think about that? Oh, I – oh, boy, that's real tough. Because yeah. they also – both of those receiver cores had number one overall picks throwing to them. Right. But I, I, I think that these guys have a shot to be even better. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Like I said, I, I speak with – I have orange-colored uh, sunglasses on a lot. So <laughs> – yeah, I'm a little optimistic, sometimes I'm over-optimistic, but I do really think these guys have a chance to be even better than Chad, TJ, and Chris Henry. I think the difference is, I think the line back when Chad, TJ, and Chris were there was a little better. Right. I see, like, as I see this line, the one they have now is, like, kind of a Band-Aid. It's not really a long-term, like, fix to the line. I don't see... Riley Reef being there super long term. I don't see Spain being there long term. I think maybe like this possibly opens up the possibility of maybe getting a lineman and another early round lineman next year. Yeah. I mean, it could be, or if they hit the ball out of the ballpark, they got Deontay Smith and then they got Hill out of Georgia. Those two could pop in at, at guard and uh, at tackle. And there you go. And you, you draft some more backups next year. Hopefully that's what happens. But like the I said, trenches are deep. And I yeah. love that. That's, that's the thing. And the, and the cool thing is, I said this before in, on this show, that we have lots and lots. We're, we're very deep. And there's, so there's going to be lots and lots of competition. Competition brings out the best in you. Yep. And that, that translates to Sundays. If you're, if you're competing against your teammates every day in practice, you're going to compete their ass off with them against the AFC North. And that, that's what we haven't had the last couple of years. Yep. You haven't had that. It's it's going to be a fun team to watch. And, like, week one uh, – well, fuck! This is the last thing we'll talk about. All right. Schedule. Yes. The schedule. Let's see. Uh, week one is the big reunion. Yep. Between Burrow Chase and – Jefferson. Uh, my fantasy football savior from 2020, Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Now, I have a question for you. Answer. Jefferson already came out and basically said he was on uh, Colin Cowhead's show. Basically, to me, said that Joe, Jackpot Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than uh, Cousins. Oh, easy. Much, that, that's the way I took it as. Yeah. Oh, easily. So what's the question? 
The question is, is he? <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow is better than Cousins. I mean, right now? Yes, right I now. Think I think Burrow he's is a little better. I mean, he got um, Cousins' his former lineman. Actually, you know what? Yes. And here's why. Okay. Riley Reef. Right. Remember the conversation that they had at the uh, at Jeff Ruby's? Yes, I do now, and I just bring it up. Yep. Riley Reef basically said, like, he had a conversation with Joe Burrow, and Riley Reef was like, I want to block for that guy. Yes. And yes. you know who the quarterback was before? Kirk Cousins. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. I think Riley Reef is a little better. Or, so, or um, uh, Burrow is better than Cousins. I, I agree with you. And I honestly think we're going to start the season out 1-0. I mean, to be honest, like I said, I put this out on Twitter last week. I got us going 11-6. Now, I know that's very, very optimistic. But if you look at the games, if Joe Burrow is healthy, which I, I think he's going to be healthy, 90% of the games, we had the best quarterback in my mind. Yep. You're except saying for, Except for Green, Green Bay and, and, and Kansas City. And Green Bay – who knows? Maybe Aaron Dalton will be in Denver, so we can flip-flop that. Who knows? Because they can talk uh, about trading them. But I the rest of them, I think we got, we got the better quarterback. Yeah. Every game, Burrow's the better quarterback. Uh, so, and, go ahead. And if your offensive line is fixed and our, our offense is going to be as good as I think it's going to be, we're going to put 30 points up a game. That, now, the, 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 the question I is, can, can right, I have 25 points a game? Okay. Work? 25 okay. points a game. All right, 25 points a game. The question is, will Armadillo's defense be good enough to hold them under 25 points? I think he has a talent to do it. I just don't know if he his schemes can do it. I don't know. I question our linebacker core. I don't know if it's very deep. Because the only ones I can really think of are like Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson and ADG. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got uh, yeah, Logan Wilson and uh, Akeem Davis Gaither. Yep, those, those two are going to be your your two starters, I think. And I, I'm looking for big years out of them, to be honest. I think so, yeah. Okay. But I'm maybe I'm wrong. But either, either way, those three I think are 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 good. And I, I really like Logan Wilson. I just I, I like he he got hurt. I'm when, sorry. The Bengals were like ecstatic when Logan Wilson was available. Yeah, and the funny thing, I never even heard of him. He played at Wyoming. I never. Yep. Heard him until I, until I checked him out. But the games he, he played, played last on year. on the other side of uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, he got exactly. Josh, he got to be teammates with Josh Allen. I mean, I'm just saying that because <laughs> it's so fun to say. <laughs> but I, I think Logan Wilson's got a sh- shot to really improve this year and, and, and be better because the games he did play toward the end of the season before he got hurt, he was making some plays. Yeah. And he was starting to figure things out. So that's where I'm – Again, I'm, I'm Mr. Opt- Optimism, but I do think he's going to be a very good linebacker. And But I said it in the show, we, the linebacking core is kind of weak, but yep. you can't fix everything, to, but they're close. Yes. All right, so let's look at the schedule. Uh, Vikings week one at the Bears week two. Dalt, do you think Dalton starts that game? I don't. I think, I think Fields starting game one for them. Who knows? Uh, let's see. After that, you got the Steelers week three. Um, I honestly, if I was a betting man, and this could be optimism here, but I see the Bengals finishing ahead of the Steelers in the, in the standings. 
I think the Steelers are going to be the last, the worst team in the division, to be honest. I, I mean, we agree. Ben Roethlisberger, I think, is going to regret coming back this year. I think he should have retired last year. They did – and that, this is what kills me, too, in the draft. Everybody they, – they, they drafted um, a running back. Um, I can't remember his name. Najee Harris. Thank you, Najee Harris. And everybody's like, oh, what a great pick. Oh, what a great pick. Their offensive line is terrible. I cannot But wait. the Bengals get ripped for drafting Jamar Chase. But the Squealers, it's awesome. No, their, their offensive line is worse than the Bengals. Yep. If so I don't, they drafted – Fryermuth in round two, mm-hmm. which, and then they got the guy who showed up in every single mock draft known to man, Kendrick Green, in round three. Right, right. <laughs> Me and I a, couple guy, a couple guys in Huda Nation had a running joke about that. It's like, oh my God, Kendrick Green, he's here again. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, and if they, they do fall, uh, finish last, I'll be stomping on their grave. And oh, pouring gasoline on it and celebrating my who they ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I definitely think it's possible. I do think they at least split the season series with the Steelers. That, yeah, that's what I have them splitting. And unfortunately, I have us both losing both games to the Ratbirds. I mean, I, they, they're, they're the ta- most talented team in our division. Yep. And we have not beat Lamar Jackson yet. So that's why I got to lose both of them. We got to stop the run. Terrible. Yeah. And then after that, week four, um, the number one overall pick battle. Yes. Trevor Lawrence is uh, Golden Locks and <laughs> Joe Burrow. That's going to be fun. Week that's, five. And, that, and that's the only primetime game we have. You yep. believe that? As of now, because oftentimes games get flexed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they can even flex uh, Monday night games too this year. Yeah. That watching Ryan Finley stare into Pittsburgh's soul that day was so much. Oh, you had that. You had that and, and, and Von Bell. Oh, that was so great. TikTok smashing Juju. That was awesome. Yeah, it was great. So week five. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers has been the subject of a lot of um, – I don't want to say controversy, but mm-hmm. he's been a, a lot of rumors – like he yeah, doesn't play for the Packers. He's not right. Like I don't want to play for the Packers. Do you yeah. think the Packer in twenty twenty one? I when it first came out, I'm like, there's no way in hell they're trading them. Like, they're stupid. I still really don't think they're going to. But I'm more of of okay. There's a possibility of trading them. But the thing is, if you trade a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you're never getting anything remotely close in return. I mean, you're not. You got you know, it. the world for Aaron. Yeah. Rodgers. I mean, unless you traded him to Jacksonville and got the number one overall pick and were able to, and to, to draft Trevor Lawrence, then maybe. I mean, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence should be the next Aaron Rodgers, but talent-wise, that's about the only way you could somewhat come close to giving enough to the Packers to get Aaron Rodgers. So, either way to go to the Packers. See, the Packers screwed themselves when they went and drafted Love last year. It was stupid that they drafted him. That's not what started this whole thing. Not only Love, they traded up. Yes, that was the stupidest thing. I mean, when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, they didn't trade up to get him. He fell to them. That was, oh, my God, the Packers were thanking their lucky stars. Because to me, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's the best quarterback of the century, but he, I think he's the most talented. He, again, is – and I said this about Patrick Mahomes. Nobody knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes. Nobody knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers is, or they would have got drafted sooner. That year, Alex Smith was the first pick. Yeah. And yeah. He, 
he had a fine career. He's not, Aaron, not, like not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers had the better career. He had put up the better stats, I think. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was clearly the better of the two. Yeah, so to, to answer your question, I, I will still be surprised if he is traded, but I won't be shocked. I'll put it that way. I, I think there might be a chance because he might put up enough of a fight saying, I don't want to play here anymore, and like, I'm not showing up, awesome. you know. Yeah. So it, it depends on how, how much he wants to stick his feet, foot in the ground and say, I'm not going back. So yep. we'll see. Uh, Lions after that, very winnable game. Oh, Rats that's a dub. After that, oh, oh boy. Yeah, that one, I, like I say, I got to lose twice to them. Hopefully I'm wrong because I hate the Rappers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm indifferent to them. I'm indifferent to them more than the Browns and the Steelers to me. I, I, I hate the Squealers and I hate the Rappers. I'm, I'm, well, growing up as a kid, I hated the Clowns. I hated them. I'm more in, indifferent toward them than I am the Rappers or the Squealers. Now, if the next 10 years, if the division comes down to the Bengals and the Clowns, trust me, I'm going to hate the Clowns. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think – I don't know how much I believe in Lamar Jackson long term. Well, I'll put it to you this way. And this is – this I got an argument with a couple guys at work that I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I 100% agree. And they're like, oh, how's that? He's got this and this. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, what's the most important thing a quarterback does? They're like, throw the ball. I'm like, right. What has been Lamar Jackson's problem in the playoffs? He can't throw the ball because yep. <laughs> they stop the run and stop everything they're doing, and they try to make him beat him by throwing the ball. He could throw it better than they thought he could, but he's yep. still nowhere near as accurate as Joe Burrow is. So that's why, as far as the quarterback position goes, I think Joe Burrow is better right now than Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson's won an, an NFL MVP. So, I mean, and there's nothing, no slight against Lamar Jackson. It's just facts. Yeah. I, I mean, Lamar's – I mean, to me, like, the Ravens have always been one of the three organizations where if you if they draft a receiver, it's where receivers go to die. They, that's why they, they couldn't get any, anybody to sign for them. That's another thing I said at work. I was like – that's why no receivers want to go there. For him. I'm sorry? I took less money with the Colts. Juju took less money with the Steelers. Yes, yes, because they, they want to go play for Baltimore. <laughs> In case you're wondering, the other two are the Patriots and the Eagles. <laughs> there you go. Yes. And then after that, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, we are going to stomp the shit out of them, we hope. Yeah, yeah, that's another dub. Uh, Browns at home. I think we're splitting. I got us winning at home and losing on the road to them. We play the Browns. I think we we this is going to be a weird two word sense two word sequence to say. We play them week eighteen. <laughs> yes, exactly. You have to get used so to that. Good. Seeing records of like eleven and six and like making records of like ten and seven or well, nine. That's, yeah, that that was the thing. When, when I'm, I'm thinking so weird. I know because because you're never going to finish five hundred. You can't fi- finish five hundred. You're either yeah. be a game above or a game below. Yes, you can. You can? You can tie. Oh! <laughs> I was forgetting about Dude, a tie is like kissing your sister. We're not from Kentucky, all right? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. The Bengals it's did it possible. last year in the most overwhelming yeah, quarter in history. I hate ties. I wish they'd figure something out. To... Oh, it's dumb. Yes. And then after that, Browns, uh, the Raiders after that, we get to say hello to Alex Leatherwood there. Yep. The Raiders are – to me, the Raiders I, and the Cowboys are kind of similar. Well, I'll, I'll let you – I didn't mean to cut you out there. No, you're right. I got, I got that as a loss, unfortunately, because 
I got us beating the, the, the clowns and the squealers in those two weeks. And, and just go to – not to skip ahead, but the reason I picked that, because some people uh, are on me. I picked that as a loss, and I picked a win against the, the Chiefs. The last four weeks, you got the Broncos, Rappers, Chiefs, Clowns. Those – at first, I had four losses. I'm like, I do not want the, the Bengals ending the season with four losses. So, I had to switch one of them up. But, I think so I, I, but, the Broncos – I think I think they could beat the Broncos, and I think they can beat the Raiders. Yes, because like um, I was saying, the Raiders and the Cowboys are like kind of similar. Mm-hmm. I think I said this with the Cowboys yesterday. They are the dumbest organization in football, but they can get away with it because they have a ton of money. Well, you, you and me were talking about this on the phone the other day. Yeah, everybody bags on Mike Brown for being a bad owner. Jerry Jones is a terrible owner. Yeah, when was the last time he won anything? Fucking rich, right? That's it. He throws money at everything, but it doesn't mean that he gets good players or good coaches or, or makes good decisions. But everybody loves the Cowboys. They haven't won or been a relevant team since 92, 93, 95. or no, 95. 95 is less than – It wasn't for yeah. Herschel Walker. They yeah. wouldn't have been irrelevant ever. Because, well, it's not just Herschel Walker with the Cowboys. It was Herschel Walker when they made that trade because they got, like, fucking Emmett Smith out of that yep. trade and yep. so many other – like, the core of their team – was thanks to Herschel Walker. Yeah, and well, that, that's all Jimmy Johnson. And I think Jimmy Johnson deserves all the credit. And ever since he's left, the Cowboys haven't been crap. <laughs> they made a 500 team. Yeah. And that's why I don't get why everybody bags on the Bengals. I'm like, look at the Cowboys. They haven't done shit in 30 years. I mean, I've always been like, everyone says that, I think every Dallas Cowboys player is like given like 2% more credit than they deserve because they play for like a celebrity team. I play for America's team. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> They're, I mean, that I was like when the Bengals played the Cowboys last year, and when I think I forget who fumbled it, but the Cowboys turned it for a touchdown. I was just laughing. I was literally laughing when the Cowboys ran it back for a touchdown. It was just like this is. This is what it's come to right now. Yeah, I think that was Geo, to be honest. I think that's who fumbled, and then he got benched. Yeah. If I remember right. It's all good. And then to round out the year, uh, Chargers, the Herbert and Burrow battle, 49ers. I – Well, I, hold on. Let, let, me get to, let me go back to the Chargers here. I, I got a question for you on the Chargers. Answer. I call Justin Herbert Justin Sherbert. Is he as good as people are perceiving him to be? You know, or did he just – all these yards he got, did he get them all throughout the game? Or did he get them in, like, one or two plays? You know, like big chunk plays. And the rest of the game, he didn't do crap. What's your opinion on that? Um, I th- I mean, I didn't really watch the Chargers a whole lot last year. But I think, I think Herbert's going to be fine. I think – I definitely think Burrow's going to end up the better of the two. Definitely. Because other than Keenan Allen – I mean, Mike Williams is fine, but, like, they don't have a ton of receivers. And Keenan Allen was drafted in 2013. Yeah. Like, and he's been bit by the injury bug a lot. He should thank his lucky stars every time Keenan Allen is healthy. <laughs> exactly. I just, I, just, I just think he gets too much credit for the big plays and not the, his overall game. You know, I think he. I just, I think he's overhyped, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll, he'll be good. I'm not saying he's terrible. I just Joe Burrow's good. Jackpot Joe's be better. But nothing wows me about Justin Herbert. 
Right. He's fine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got the job done. Yeah, he's all right. But then we, we play him week 13, 14, 15, 16, 13. Yeah. And 13. We got the 49ers. It's the battle of Trey Lance versus Burrow. I'm a sucky Niners. I cannot stand Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't stand the sucky Niners. That's what I call them. They beat us twice in Super Bowls. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just need one. We just need one Super Bowl win, and then after that, all this like the playoff game against the Steelers, our hatred of the 49ers. Like, yes. I'm, he's gonna. I'm sorry for saying this. I'm too young to hate the 49ers. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I know. I can't. I can't stand them, man. I. Oh, I, I remember Randy Cross going right before the game. Right there. Right there. That's where my ring's going to go. And I'm a 12-year-old boy going, shut up. No, it's not. And then it did. <laughs> God. And then one of our players did coke. And it's like, oh, so it yes. is going there. Stan, yep, Stanley Wilson. Yep. I mean, that's – and people forget about that. If he didn't – if he was a big factor in the 88 uh, team. If, if he plays, who knows what happens. It, it could be a whole if – he, if he plays and Cromer doesn't break his leg, we could win it. We are still – we. We were 40, I think, 42 seconds away from it, 43 seconds away, something like and that. Was Montana the quarterback for both of them? Yep, he sure was. Yep. And then, Can't stand him either. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, basically. That's where we're running out the schedule. Yep. Do you think, okay, so here's a question. Do you think if the Bengals have a good enough record that the Chiefs-Bengals game gets flexed to primetime? Oh, definitely. Well, it depends. Well, it depends on if the Chiefs have already wrapped up their division. If they if they've already wrapped up their division and they're not playing any of their starters, then no. Yep. You know, so that that that. If, but if it's playoff uh, implications, definitely they can oh, definitely yeah. do that. Same I thing love with football. Well, same, same thing with, with the Rappers and, and the Clowns game. If those two, if we're fighting for the division or playoff spots or whatever, those two de- games should definitely get get flexed. I think. Yep. It'll be fun to watch. It's um, gonna be a blast. I cannot wait. Oh, I cannot wait for this year. It's going to be an absolute blast. I'll be, I'll be in there in the south end zone in section 158 screaming my freaking head off. You got your season tickies? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Are we going to have a down. tailgate party? I think we we're talking about it. Uh, hell, just go to Bengal Gyms tailgate. That's, that's, where, that's where everybody else is going to be at. We're going to have Bengal Gyms. I might be there. I mean, I'm fully vaxxed up. I'm excited to go to games this year. It's going to be awesome. Let's roll, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So, dude, Jeff, thanks for coming on. Uh, last thing, do you have any plugs? Any plugs? Oh, yeah, just check out my show. It's uh, on Monday through Friday every day uh, at 530. It's Sports with Strawberry Ice. Like I said, my name is Jeff Trenopole, so people call me the Ice Man. Call me yep. whatever you want to call me. Um, I also have the podcast, so if you missed the show, like I said, it's live at 530 on my YouTube channel. The podcast is on Beanpod, Spotify, Apple iTunes, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I'm on TikTok. Oh, I'm you're TikTok. you're on the TikTok train. I'm a, I'm an old guy on the TikTok. You can find me at Iceman90. Have you had a video pop off yet? Gotten like tons yeah. of something like that? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm not, I'm not that cool yet. I've only got like 200 and some people watching or following me. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm just an old I, guy on there. <laughs> I was, uh, this is the last thing I'll say. I mean, I was a TikToker for a little bit. I didn't have like a, t- a huge following, but I had like a, I was a TikTok guy for a little bit. I had like a couple videos like really pop off and it's like, you'll get like, you'll just do like this, 10 new likes, this, seven new likes, 12 new likes, 14. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had, I think the, the most 
I think the most likes I got, I want to say like 200. It's <laughs> about the most likes I've got on something. I don't even remember what it was I did. All right. So, yeah, so thank you, Jeff, for coming on. Check out Sports of Strawberry Ice every Monday through Friday at 5.30. Yes, sir. Um, so, um, at the end of every podcast, we say, like, fuck you, Kobe, like the Bengals. Are you, are you a guy who curses a lot or no? Um, I, I do in my, my normal life, but not really on the show. But, but for you, I will definitely do it. Yes. So, I think we say, uh, fuck you, whatever, whatever. We like the Bengals. So, we'll do, like, fuck you, rappers, clowns, and squealers. Uh, we like the Bengals. Do you want to do that? That sounds good to me. All right. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. I think we only have one thing left to say. What's that? Fuck you, clowns, ratbirds, and stealer and squealers. We Fuck love yeah. Love Bengals. We wow. love our fucking Bengals. Yes. <laughs>